This morning, it looks like we all remembered to fall back an hour, right? We all remembered to, yeah. Does anybody feel like they got an extra hour of sleep? No, yeah, that's what I've been hearing over and over. Some, but not many. I saw a lot of testimonies on Facebook how that hour got stolen anyways. But um. <laughs> Anyways, we remember from last week, we learned about how although our clocks went back an hour, we know the reality that we did not get to actually relive that hour of our lives, right? That we can't go back. Life is all about moving forward. There is literally no turning back. There is just no way. We were designed and created intentionally to keep moving forward in life, to keep moving forward. Why? Because God doesn't want this world to be our destiny. He has something so much better prepared for us. In fact, the word of God says that he placed in our hearts eternity. Our hearts long for something better, something greater. Our hearts stir to believe that there's, this can't be it. There has to be something better right for me. However, there's a risk in moving forward. Because you see, when I stand here like this, I'm pretty secure. But when I start moving around, as I like to do, and you know, it makes some of you guys nervous when I go over here and I hop from place to place, there is risk in moving forward, right? More so for some of us. Um, anybody here a little clumsy? How many here broke a bone? Raise your hand. How many here have had stitches? How many here have ever been tossed out of a car? Anybody? Yeah, it's... Joe used to let bulls run around after him for a living, for Pete's sake. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, we, you know, we have a tendency to be a little clumsy. There's a risk in moving forward. <laughs> in fact, some of us are, are really skilled. Has anybody ever done this? You know, usually whenever you fall... It's about falling downward. That's sort of the, the, you know, the dictionary definition of falling, is you're going from a higher place to a, a lower place. But some of us are so skilled and so talented, we can actually fall upward. Have ever fallen upstairs before? Has any, anybody ever done that? Yeah, I, I, I've done that. I've done that. Tuesday's coming, that's all I'm saying, folks. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Get out there and vote and pray, 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 pray. <laughs> but the interesting thing is the Bible tells us about a lot of different falls, a lot of different falls. And what, what kind of throws me for a theological loop is I don't know many people who intentionally fall, you know. I, I mean, I just don't. Usually when you fall, you don't see it coming. It takes you by surprise. In fact, a lot of times when you fall, it knocks the wind out of you, you know, right? Um, you know, it, it's not something you intentionally do. You're intentionally walking, moving, but you don't mean to fall. And yet the Bible, over and over and over again, at least in our translations, our modern translations in the English language, uses the word fall for all kinds of different things. And only one has a positive meaning. In fact, I thought this was going to be a really simple message. You can ask Becky. I wasn't going to give this message because when you look at the Hebrew and the Greek words for fall that we translate, they're, man, we are missing so much. There's a lot of different kinds of falls. You, you may have read a book by John Bevere called The Bait of Satan. That's one of those falls, the ones that snare you and trip you up, the, the, uh, the word offense. 
It's very popular in our culture today, right? Those who are offended. That's one type of fall. There's so many types of falls in the Bible. But what do we do in our English language? Like, eh, ignore all that. We're going to use fall. That's it, you know? So we miss a lot of meaning. But anyways, listen to these different falls in the Bible. Um, The very first thing that you find, just a few chapters, when you look at the heading in most of your Bibles, in Genesis, um, is it two or three? I should know this. Three? Three? It says, the fall of man. The fall of man, right? In fact, we actually know that when Adam and Eve chose to sin against God, to do the one thing they were told not to do, right? You had one job, you had one task, and you done gone and blown it, right? That's just us, isn't it? Um, We find out that it wasn't only them who suffered. Romans chapter 8, verse 19 through 21, Paul said this, For the creation... Everything that God created, that word is literally all-encompassing. Everything God created is waiting in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. The whole creation is waiting on you, child of God, to rise up. It says, for the creation was subjected to frustration and not by its own choice, but by the will of one who subjected it. But it was subjected to frustration in hope. Hope changes everything. You may be frustrated and irritated in life. You may not know how in the world this is going to end well. Couple it with hope. (laughs) Couple it with hope. Hope not to your next paycheck. Hope not to a relationship. Hope to Jesus. That he is going to work all things together for good, right? In his glory. But it was subjected to frustration in hope that the creation itself would be liberated and freed from its bondage to decay and brought into freedom and brought into glory by the children of God. Your role in this world is so much bigger and greater than you could ever understand. The whole creation is waiting in eager expectation for you To just be who you are, a child of God. To start speaking like it and acting like it and living like it. There is freedom and liberation in that. That's why we say we live in a fallen world. This world is fallen in sin. It wasn't just Adam and Eve who suffered. All of creation suffered. We live in a fallen world. If you don't believe me, just look at this world. You ever drive through some of these towns and um, what blows me away are some of these houses. I'm like, man, that was a beautiful house. How could someone just let it go? But when we don't maintain things, this is another scientific law, what do things tend to do? They decay. They deteriorate. They fall apart. They fall into lesser forms. So there you go, evolution. You know, it just doesn't work by your own law. <laughs> you know, we, we, we don't become more complex. We become simpler. Things fall apart to the elements from which they came, right? Ashes to ashes, dust to dust, Job. Um, you know, it's, it's just interesting. Things fall apart. Fall apart. Um, then the Bible refers many, many times to these other falls. We have fallen short of God's glory, right? We've fallen short of it. You fell. You fell. You fell short of it. We fall into sin. We fall away from God. We fall into temptation. We fall into disgrace. We fall short. We fall into the hands of our enemies. We fall by this word. We fall into ruin. We fall out of grace. We fall into trouble. We fall into calamity. We fall in battle. We fall asleep in death. There is disaster falling. There's dread falling. There's nations falling. There's kingdoms falling. We can cause others to fall. And there's so many verses for each one of these phrases. 
Fall, 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 fall. We fall in so many ways. The Bible is full of falling. But the concept of falling is you're not intentionally meaning to do it. It just happens. Now, a lot of it happens because you put yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time, right? We remember David, most of his greatest sins in life. It drives me nuts every time. The Bible says during the season when kings were out at battle, David was back at his house. And every single time David is not where he's supposed to be, guess what happens? He falls into sin. He falls into sin. Like, but the Bible says fall. So I think it's more intentional. But the Bible says fall. So we're going to take God's word over mine, right? Fall, 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 fall. We fall into these things. But there is one reference, only one that I could find so far. Check me on it. Send them my way if you find them. They may be out there. But the only positive reference that I could find to falling in all the pages of the Bible is when we fall down in worship. When we fall down in worship. It's the only positive reference I could find. Because when you fall down in worship, you are laying down your life. That's literally what worship is. It's not music, song. It's an expression, a powerful expression God gave us to express worship. But true and proper worship is laying down your life, bowing it down before the Lord, and letting him raise it up. Amen? I mean, Jesus also said that, you know, not a single sparrow falls to the ground without the Father noticing, so we feel loved and cared about. But I don't think it's positive, because... I mean, what about that sparrow, you know? Nobody, I'm sorry, anyways. That was a pretty lame joke, but it's, yeah, pretty negative for that sparrow. Anyways, falling is the risk that we take when we move forward in life. But the risk is worth the reward. There's a risk of falling and failing and stumbling when you try to live out God's purposes in your life. But the reward is worth it. Because as we sang and declared this morning, even when we stumble and fall, we will never be alone. We will never be alone. In fact, God doesn't mind it when we stumble and we fall in life by any means and in any way. Psalm 145 verse 13 through 14 says this, The Lord is trustworthy in everything he promises. This is a good one to memorize. This is a good one to put on your, um, you know, bathroom uh, mirror or on your steering wheel or wherever you need to put it to remember. The Lord is trustworthy in everything he promises. And, oh, I'm sorry, it's up here. No, 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 you're, you're ahead of yourself again. And he's faithful, <laughs> faithful in all that he does. The Lord upholds all who fall. Who does he uphold? All who fall. Even if you caused yourself to fall, even if you were the stupid one who was in the wrong place at the wrong time, even if you knew that that was your weakness, and yet you still chose to tempt yourself, even if you made the worst decision in life, guess what? My Bible says, the Lord upholds all who fall, and he lifts up all who are bowed down. That's the key. When you stumble and you fall, are you like, well, you made me? Or are you like, Lord, forgive me? <laughs> Remember the prayer that Jesus talked about, the one that beat his chest and said, I'm so glad I'm not like this person. God doesn't hear that prayer. He doesn't answer that prayer. He answers the prayer of the humble person that says, Lord, I screwed up again. 
Please forgive me. Please forgive me, Lord. That's who he lifts up. Micah, he was confessing the sins of his people. He was lamenting about the hardships that they were experiencing because of their sin. He acknowledged that they were the ones that screwed up and God was still good. And then he begins to make declarations that transform his lamenting to praise. Check it out in Matthew chapter 7. He's whining, he's complaining, and then all of a sudden something shifts and he begins to praise. And we find it here in verses 7 through 7, 8. And he said, you know what? But as for me, it's not up here because there wasn't enough space. But as for me, I watch in hope for the Lord. I wait for God my Savior because my God will hear me. Don't gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Talk about life declaration right there, right? Though I have fallen, yet I will rise. We will rise up. The whole creation is waiting for us to rise up, to be the children of God. Though I have fallen, I will rise. I just love it. I love that declaration. Because falling isn't failing. Falling isn't failing. You haven't failed yourself. You haven't failed your family. You haven't failed God. Because it's not over yet. The only way a fall becomes a failure is if you stay there. If you don't rise up and try again. That's the only time that you can fail. But you haven't failed just because you have fallen. We all fall. We all stumble in different ways. And you never only let yourself down when you stumble and fall. You're letting all kinds of people down. But it's not over yet. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to live there. You don't have to dwell there. In fact, we, we know this scripture. The righteous person isn't the one who makes the right decision every moment of every day. The righteous person is the one who strives to live a holy life pleasing to God. But they stumble and fall as we all do. And then we get right back up, right? Proverbs 26, verse 16. Though the righteous fall seven times, they will rise again. Righteousness doesn't come from perfect living. If righteousness could come from perfect living, then Jesus wasted his time. He didn't need to die on the cross. We could have just lived it right ourselves, but we can't. In fact, the Bible says if anyone claims they're without sin, they are a liar. <laughs> That's just what the Bible says. If you say you're without sin, you're a liar. You know, I've, I've actually sat in circles at Bible studies, and my jaw just dropped when people said that they, they received a second work of grace. They don't sin anymore. They can't sin. I'm like, okay, I need to leave this Bible college. <laughs> That's what I told myself. <laughs> I didn't know how to respond to that. I'm like, but what about like last week when you did this at school? And that was, uh, anyways, a long story. I got some stories to tell. Anyways, yes, many years ago. But I love, I love, I love how the message translation words these two verses. I don't recommend the message version as a study Bible. It's a fun reading Bible, though, and it does get the, the point across. You know, we're going to stumble, we're going to fall, even when we live empowered, spirit-led lives. It's going to happen. When it happens, just confess it. Ask God to forgive you. Ask those who you sinned against to forgive you. It's a step that we miss too often, right? And then, this is another step. Man up, woman up, and do what you can to make it right. 
do what you can to make it right. But this is the way the message translation um, phrases this. Don't interfere with good people's lives and don't try to get the best of them. No matter how many times you may trip them up, God-loyal people don't stay down long, right? Soon, they're up on their feet while the wicked end up flat on their faces, right? Woo! They may trip you up. You may fall. But guess what? You get right back up and you keep going. That's what godly people do. We rise up again, and we don't just rise up on our own, we are able to rise up because we rise up in the strength of the Lord. Because in our weakness, he is made strong, right? In our trials and temptations, our faith is proven genuine because you got back up. That's faith. David wrote this in Psalm chapter 20, verse 6 through 8. He said, now this I know. And again, it's another whining complaint. But then he says, you know what? But this I know, the Lord gives victory to his anointed. He answers him from his heavenly sanctuary with the victorious power of his right hand. You see, it's all about him. It's not about us. He said, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we trust, some trust in the president, some trust in their senators, some trust in, oh, Lord, help those people that trust in man. But we, we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees. They fall. But we, we rise up and we stand firm. Amen? We stumble, we fall. It's going to happen. It happened to Jesus, right? Jesus is like, okay, I'm going to go into Jerusalem. They're going to slaughter me. I'm going to die. I'm going to be buried. But on the third day, I'm going to rise again. He told them this many, many, many times. And they're there at the Last Supper, the Passover meal. They just finished what we just did. Jesus said, this is my body. This is, you know, my, my blood that's given for you. And then Jesus told them this in verse 31. This very night, you will all fall away on account of me. In fact, it was written centuries beforehand. God knew it was going to happen. He wrote about them. Remember how a couple of weeks ago I was, told, I was talking about how exciting it is to read that scripture and be like, that's me. I am they. We are them. Like, this is so awesome. God wrote about me in the Bible and recorded it and translated it. And it's so exciting. This isn't one of those exciting scriptures. You're all going to fall away from me because this is what is written. I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. The sheep of the flock will be scattered. Now, I, don't, I know I don't share a whole lot, you know, about things that are happening in, in the body of Christ outside of our little, you know, church family. But I don't know if you've realized this or not, but there is just a, a crazy statistic. People are leaving the ministry left and right. If you don't know about it, most churches around here are struggling to find pastors, um, you know, for various different reasons. And what we need to be praying is that God raises up people in ministry to shepherd people. And until that right shepherd is in the right place at the right time to shepherd these, these little flocks, that they stay together, that they be bound in unity so that the enemy can't 
scatter them. Um, in fact, the news is getting shared. Uh, Dayton First Church of God, Pastor Kenny is going to be leaving here um, toward the end of the year. And he's been in our community leading so many community efforts, so much evangelism for decades, you know. And so it's, it's exciting when people follow where God's calling them. But, you know, anytime you go to where God's calling you, you leave a void. So we're going to be praying and believing for God to raise up the right person so that God's work continues and grows and increases, right? But it's interesting that Jesus used that word. He said, literally, you're going to fall away from me. He didn't say, you're going to abandon me. You're traitors. You're losers. He's like, no, you're going to fall away from me. And then he said in verse 32, but after I have risen... I will go ahead of you to Galilee. And then big mouth Peter, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. And Jesus said, truly I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Not just fall away. You, big mouth, will intentionally deny even knowing me on a curse three times. And then it's like, mic drop, you know. I won't drop this mic because these things aren't cheap. And oh, what they do, anyways. Anyways, um, so what did Peter do? I'm so sorry, Lord. Now, he rose up and declared. He rose up and declared to Jesus, you got to be bold. you got to be bold to correct Jesus, right? He stands up, he declares, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And then all the other disciples said the same. There's leadership. Not going the right direction, but that's leadership, right? Everyone else rose up and followed him. And Jesus is just like shaking his head like, I'm telling you, you're all going to fall away. Just wait. And it happened, right? They may have fallen away from Jesus that night, but that wasn't the end of their story. Even denying that Peter knew Jesus, that wasn't the end of his story. We all know what happened. Jesus decided to have some breakfast and to call him out and to give him the chance to, you know, to redeem himself those three times. Sadly, there was one who chose to fail when they fail when they fell. F A I L when they F E L L. One chose to fail when they fell instead of awaiting the redemption of Jesus. And of course, we know that was Judas. You know, he, he committed suicide, he took his own life, he missed out. He fell away the same as all the rest of them did that night. The difference is he tried to carry the weighty burden of his guilt and his shame. He tried to make it right. He went back to those leaders and he whipped those 30 coins at them. And he said, take it back. And he tried. He tried on his own to make it right. If you're trying on your own to right your wrongs, you're setting yourself up for failure. Because you can't. There is only one who can redeem your life, and it's not you. It's Jesus. He's the only one that can redeem you and lift that guilt and shame and condemnation off of you. Don't make the same mistake as he did. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, and this is in the Passion Translation, calls us to pour out 
pour out all of your worries and your stress upon Jesus and leave them there. That's the part where we fail, isn't it? I can call in the name of Jesus all day and all night. But then five seconds later, I'm worrying about it. <laughs> you right? I didn't leave it there, did I? Man, it's not good to steal from God. I'm just, just warning you. Don't give something to him and then steal it back. He's like, what's this? What, what, you know, think about that. But we're reminded of this. For he always tenderly cares for you. He cares for you. He wants to take your burdens, your stress, your care, your anxiety, your depression, your oppression, the everything. He wants to take it on himself because he already paid the price for it. You're not adding anything new to him. He already took it on himself on the cross, okay? You're not going to burden him more than he's already burdened. You know what burdens him more than you putting that burden on him? It's him watching you carry it yourself. That's what weighs heavy on his heart. You know this as, as, as good parents. When you see your kids struggling, you're like, why didn't you tell me I could have helped you? That's what Jesus is probably saying about you all the time. Why don't you just give that to me so I can help you? If you give that to me, I'll give you some joy. I'll give you some peace. Right? I'll give you all the fruits of the Spirit. We weren't created to carry those heavy burdens that are caused by living in this fallen world. That's where we're called to pour them all out on him and to leave them there. We may fall, but we just can't stay there. we got to rise up in victory. That's your destiny. You may stumble. You may trip. You may fall. But you're not called to stay there. That's not your destination. We can't allow failure to swallow up our destiny and to steal away from us everything that God has planned. We've got to choose to be like the other 11. They may have fell, but they didn't fail. They F-E-L-L, but they did not F-A-I-L, right? They kept moving on. They were blind and clueless. They had no idea how they were going to move on, but they did it anyways because Jesus said, Jesus said, go to Galilee. I got something for you. And that's what they did, right? God called, they obeyed. And now I'm not sure if, if you ever experienced this, but if you have, you know the feeling. Um, several summers ago, when they were first putting the new dugouts down at the uh, community park, um, I decided to get out and help, even though I know enough to be dangerous, you know. Um, and if you've ever felt this, I was on the very top, of the ladder, you know that, that step that they say not to step on, you know? I'm a short guy, like I, I, I'm like, amen, Zach, yes, you know? So I'm up there and I'm, and I'm driving these bolts in and next thing you know, you feel it start to move and it starts to move more and you realize you're in trouble. This is not gonna end well. And literally it happened, you know, I mean, just like this poor guy. I mean, all he's doing is work and he's trying to do his best. And, oh, I hate that feeling right there because, mm, you know what's coming next. Oh, but that, that, that moment where you're in that balance, you know this is going to hurt. You don't know how it's going to end. And it feels like an eternity. And then next thing you know, you're like, you can't breathe because I landed on my back, got the wind knocked out of me. You know, perfectly fine otherwise, praise be to God. But, yeah, then you're like, okay, is, is anything busted, you know? <laughs> um, if you've ever felt that feeling, honestly, we felt it for a few moments. But I, I feel like his followers probably felt that for those 40 days. 
between his resurrection and the outpouring of the Spirit in Pentecost, that feeling of how's this going to end? I mean, they want to take my life. They just killed him, and they're after us now. And it had to be a, a sort of a terrifying uh, experience. And yet, in their terror, it was mixed with hope because Jesus kept appearing to them. And he kept cheering them on, and he kept telling them not to give up. He kept telling them to rise up. He kept saying, just wait, I'm going to give you this gift, the, the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You know, he kept telling them these things. And so they had his word to hold on to in the midst of their feelings. And I, I'm sorry, yeah, too many people are cringing. So, um, <laughs> Everything that they knew had been suddenly taken out from under them. Suddenly taken out from under them. Jesus died. And yet they were told by Jesus that it wasn't over. They had to rise up. And of course, we know that they did receive the gift that the Father had promised. It would clothe them with power on high. I love that, that idea that clothe them with power from on high. Since they got up instead of giving up. Since the eleven chose to fall but not to fail, they were enabled to persevere in hope and receive the promised gift, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I love, I love that, that God chose to include um, not only the miraculous exploits that his people were able to accomplish with him, Old Covenant and New Covenant, he didn't just record their highs in life, when they rose again. He included their failures. You'll find not a single person that ever did anything great for God, did they not also have recorded their mistakes, their failures, the times that they f had fallen. Over and over and over again, God records them both. They fell, they were not perfect people, but they rose back up. And so... Consider what awaits you. What does God have sitting there in your future if you just keep moving forward? What glorious experience are still yet ahead? What memories will be forged in the future? Some of your best memories are still ahead of you in life, right? Just because we stumble and fall along the path doesn't mean that the finish line is no longer ours to cross. God hasn't changed his mind about the plans and purposes he has for you. He hasn't rewritten your destiny. In fact, it was written before you ever existed, before the creation of the world. You were on his heart and mind. He knew what your destiny was. We may fall, but that doesn't mean that we have failed. The only fail is if we choose to stay down and, and choose that as our destination. So this morning, it's time to rise up again. It's time to brush ourselves off, let Jesus heal us, and to take that next step forward. Psalm 145, verse 14, again, it says, The Lord helps the fallen, and he lifts those who are bent beneath their loads. Mm. This morning there is a trading in, a trading in, a rising up. Cast all your burdens on him because he cares tenderly for you. You are not the sum of your past mistakes. It's from a song, by the way. I didn't make that up. It's a really good line, though. But you're not. You're more than that. You may have fallen. You may have made mistakes in the past. 
The last time I checked, y'all were still alive, right? We didn't have to call the ambulance again. So it's not over yet. It's not over yet. You have not failed. Move forward. Rise back up. Be a righteous person. Though you fall seven times in the same way, you get right back up. We love that number of completion in the Bible, but not when it comes to our falls, right? But yeah, just get back up. Keep moving forward. God is not finished yet. There is hope. There is hope for those who persevere and remain faithful to the end. There are good things of the Lord awaiting us. Amen. Trust you, God, that it isn't over yet, God. You have a hope, you have a future, you have a plan, you have a purpose for each one of us, God. And we thank you that those things are good, and they are for our good and for your glory, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you so much for this day. We thank you for the word that has come forth, God, that will help us to get through each day, Lord, that hope that's risen up. Lord, if we do fall, we know we can get right back up. And not only that, but God, you hold us. Lord, you're there with us. You never leave us, God. So we thank Thank you for the hope that you've given today lord and we thank you for the exchange of those mindsets god that maybe tell us we finished tell us we failed it's not the truth because you are the truth your hope is the truth lord you give us faith to rise up and to succeed and to continue god on the path that you have set before us so lord we thank you for the light that you're shining at our feet god to keep stepping keep going and god we thank you that you have a good, good things for us, Lord, and you're not done. And so, God, continue to do your work. Bless those that are here today. Bless them on their way out. But, God, thank you for speaking to our hearts, continuing a work that you've done here. We know you're not finished, and we're going to keep pushing forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo!